From Relay FM, this is Connected, episode 191. It is brought to you by our lovely sponsors, Squarespace, FreshBooks, and StoryWorth. I'm your host, Stephen Hackett, and I am joined right across the table by Mike Curley. Surprise! We're together. We give each other a high five. See, there's no way to fake that in the edit. You have to know we're together. Uh, and we're joined by a special guest. Um, I don't I don't want to say that all Mac Stories employees are interchangeable, because they're not. But we did trade Federico this week for the one and only John Voorhees. Hey, Stephen. How are you? Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. We have a new contractual agreement obligation clause for Federico that if he can't make it, John has to be here. It's like a whole thing. Yeah. It, I felt a little uncomfortable signing in blood. I felt like that was... But, you know, he's yeah, Italian. They're very passionate people. <laughs> they are. They are. And, you know, he had to take a little time off today. So here I am. So we're uh, recording in a hotel room that uh, if you follow me on Twitter and Instagram, you saw a picture of what I do when I move into a hotel room for a week. I set up a podcast studio. Yep. And cleaning people are always very concerned that I'm the FBI or ISIS or something. I don't know. Uh, oh Mike, gosh. I believe you have an opening statement. Yeah, I do have an opening statement. So we're in uh, Austin, Texas right now on my bachelor party, mm-hmm. which, by the way, Stephen, thank you for arranging all of this. You're welcome. But I have, a, I have a statement about this episode. I love podcasting. It is my career. It is my the thing I've always wanted to do. In eight years, I have never recorded a show against my will. Uh, this show is being recorded <laughs> against my will. We're, we're just going to move right into follow-up. Uh, don't pay attention wow. to that. I, I love all of you listeners. Um, I, I'm being held hostage. If you can hear this, he's, please he, contact the local authorities. He's actually tied to the desk. I can, I can mm-hmm. attest to that. Stephen, um, I also bring those supplies with me when I travel. <laughs> into the schedule of our week. I propose many ways for us to pre-record this episode. Stephen denied them all. So here That's we true. are. Also doing download live this week and uh, ap- approximately 37 episodes of Subnet. So. <laughs> oh, wow. So we're going to start with some follow-up. Mm-hmm. And uh, we talked last week about the pistol emoji and how not everyone was on board with changing it from a, a handgun to a water gun. Apple had led that charge or fight. I was trying to really avoid that phrase, but I, I just wandered right into it. Microsoft, right after we recorded... Uh, announced uh, their new emoji set or an updated emoji set that includes a uh, water pistol. So uh, all the major OSs right. and and emoji vendors, I guess, are on board with this change. I, I remain to feel really sorry for Microsoft and all of this. Like really bad timing. They, you know, they, they. I just feel bad for them. They tried to get everybody to do this. You know, like they they tried to lead the charge in this with their ray gun. And then Apple just ruined them, like when they announced their new set and got rid of yeah. it all. But now I think we could live it. in a world where we have a water gun and a ray gun. Because like, I like the idea of having a ray gun emoji. I miss yeah. the ray gun. Yeah, we have a few small vendors out there that are doing the still doing the actual pistol. But yeah, yeah. it's all the major ones have switched over to a water gun now. And I, I imagine they'll follow suit, right? Like if you I have think all so. the major ones doing it. Uh, well, it's like, um, I mean, Apple tend to just lead this in general, but I think that it is very important that emoji look consistent yes. in some way. Like, you can make them... At least in meaning. Visually right? different, <laughs> yes. right? And and it goes back to the, uh, you know, again, this is all stuff we've spoken about before, but the, the what used to be the grinning emoji, like the kind of breathing through closed teeth, like that yeah. one, right? Yeah. You know, like, and that, on different 
platforms that was seen in different ways. So then I think just a new emoji was introduced to take that meaning. And then they brought, then grinning, Apple made it a big smile. And then they kind of just moved on from there. But like that, the interpretation of emoji is important. It's important for communication. Um, and I'm pleased that we, there's a little bit more consistency now. Same. Uh, so we also spoke last time about repair costs when dealing with iPhones and stuff. And we talked about AASPs, which are Apple Authorized Service Providers. And if you're not familiar with that, we kind of just blew past them last week. But mm -hmm. what these companies are, and I used to manage one for uh, several years, they have a official relationship with Apple. They get official Apple parts and can do repairs by technicians who go through the same training and testing that geniuses do. So it's not like Uncle Bob's iPhone repair stand on the side of the road. Yep. Like they're, they're real people with real parts. Yeah. Um, and we sort of talked about you know maybe pricing flexibility when it comes to iPhone repairs. And I got an email from somebody who manages an AASP now. And uh, I thought it was really interesting because I've been out of that business for so long. It's obviously very different now. Uh, this person says they have less pricing flexibility than the Apple Store because they the prices that Apple charges customers like coming in for repairs are basically the same prices that Apple charges the AASP for the parts and stuff. So like there's Apple can eat labor, and if you're an AASP right. and you eat a bunch of labor, you don't have a business anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they 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 struggle to be competitive there. And they pay the same price in for mail and Mac repairs that customers do. So, John, if you smash your MacBook Pro and send it to Apple's Repair Depot and they charge you $400, if you walk in ASP, they're paying Apple $400. So they may even pay you a markup for handling and, you know, if they're going to back up your data or something. So um, it's a hard business to be in. Even when I was there, you know, I think I left my ASP life in like 2010. Even then, it was hard to make a living. You had to really do it by having service contracts like i do all the repairs for a school or a lot of consulting a lot of these places mm -hmm. do mostly consulting and they do repairs on the side to keep the status it feels like this is only a business that can really exist in places that don't have apple stores now right, right. or it's yeah. or in really big cities that an apple store is capacity yeah so like in memphis we, we've had an apple store we had one of the, the first ones uh store number 20 but at the time when i was in the business we had three asps and most of us were servicing school districts and private schools and stuff but it's like a, as far as like a walk-in repair business that's a really hard way to make a living yeah, yeah you really don't see very many of them i mean i would think it's pretty small especially in terms of walk-in but yeah i would think enterprise and schools would I think be where that's quite a lot at. in europe um really? because apple is not in a lot of european countries even big cities like there isn't there is not an apple store in dublin yet and there's quite, there's quite a few AASPs yeah. in Dublin, true, which look just like Apple stores. It's so funny, like, yeah. and I get it. Like they they design their stores to look like an Apple store, right? It, right? You feel more confident walking in exactly. than if you're walking right. in like a place that's like the lights are flickering mm -hmm. and you know there's a CCTV over the counter. But yeah, so like I think in those places it makes a lot of sense to have an AASP because it's more than just repairs, right? Like they can mm -hmm. sell iPhones, right? Sure. They can do all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, but I I you know. I can't imagine the ASP business is very thriving in London, yeah. where we have like you in some places in London you can't like trip over without falling into an app store. Right, and if right. they are thriving, it's not because of the repair business. Yeah, it's because there's they're another part consulting of it. or doing deployments for schools or something else. Yeah. Or big businesses. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, school districts or businesses that maybe they're not Mac only, so they just outsource all the Mac stuff you know or they have an IT, schools especially they have an it department that's a certain size but when they deploy 1200 new macbooks every four years right. back when schools bought macs 
you know, you need some extra horsepower. But, uh, I mean, ours went out of business. Like, yeah. that company doesn't exist anymore. And uh, I think it's just a hard way to, to go Did about it. Did they predate the Apple Store completely? Like, were there AASPs before oh, they were oh, ever yeah. Apple Stores? Uh, okay. in the, uh, they may have had a different name, but uh, blessed Apple vendors go back to the Apple II days. In fact, the first one in Memphis, I actually know the owner... Uh, he was like the first Apple II dealer, I think, in Tennessee. I mean, way, way back. Oh, wow. So Apple has always had like officially blessed retail partners, and it just has evolved over the years to include service. So we did you say about like the, the fact that they can't even do iPhone screen repairs in some places? Yeah, yeah. So uh, the last point here was that most ASPs can't do iPhone screen repairs in their shops. Mm-hmm. And so... Because uh, that requires some like calibration hardware, yeah, special and, equipment, right, and a bunch of stuff, and, and it's so, only getting more complicated, right? Yeah, and you have to do you know like the Touch ID authentication stuff, and right. So you see a lot of unofficial like non ASP, like we have one in town called iFix. You know, I think they're there. I think they're a chain. They're not an ASP to my knowledge, but they're getting parts and they're you know figuring it out. Uh, my point is, and I think it goes to what this person said in their email, is that. If you need an iPhone screen repair, an ASP is not going to be cheaper. Uh, they may not even be able to do it. So, like, I just tell people at this point, like, just go to the Apple Store, you know, because you're not going to pay. If you pay more, you're not going to pay that much more. Yep. It comes with a, its own repair warranty. You know that the Touch ID or you know all the hardware authentication that goes on is going to work. iOS 11.2 or whatever won't break your phone. Yeah, I was going to say there was that bug not too long ago. Yeah. yeah. So it's, you know, I think Apple stores where they exist have sucked all the air out of the room. Now, the problem is, like you said, it's a really good point. Apple stores aren't everywhere. There are a lot of people. We know people who have to drive a couple hours to go to an Apple store and Apple just can't be everywhere. Um, And they're always they're always opening new stores. Like if you look at that retail page, that list just gets longer and longer all the time. All right. Check out first break. Let's do it. All right. This episode is brought to you in part by our friends over at Squarespace. You can make your next move with Squarespace. They let you easily create a website for your next idea or project. And with the ability to grab a unique domain name, take advantage and customize award-winning beautiful templates and so much more, they are the all-in-one place for any type of website you want to build. You want to create an online store, a portfolio, a blog, a site for your business, a site for your band. It doesn't matter what type of website you want to make. They have all of the tools that you need to get started. There's nothing to install, patch, or upgrade. They've got all of that stuff covered for you. And they've got your back 24-7 with customer support. It's award-winning customer support. If you need anything with Squarespace, they will be there to answer the questions and get you the help that you want. Um, I've used Squarespace so many times over the years. Every new website that I want to build, I go to Squarespace first because I know how to use it and because it's simple to use and they can give me things that i can't do on my own because i don't know how to build a website but i know how to work with squarespace because it's simple what you see is what you get it's easy to customize it's easy to make it feel like your own thing their plans start at just 12 dollars a month you can sign up for a free trial today with no credit card required just go to squarespace.com connected then when you decide to sign up after you've played around and tried it out use the code connected to get 10 percent of your first purchase of a website or domain and to show your support for this show once again that's squarespace.com connected and the code connected to get 10 percent off your first purchase our thanks to squarespace for their support of this show and relay fm squarespace make your next move make your next website So let's talk about the most rumored iPhone of all time, the iPhone (laughs) SE2. Uh, You know, I think we talked about the iPhone 10 like a year in advance. You know, some stuff was coming out. Uh, The iPhone SE2 continues to be in the news. And so I had had said a couple weeks ago that I believe that it will have 
A metal back, it's going to be basically the same because the idea of the SC is that it's cheap and easy to build and Apple could just turn them out at this point. Uh, well, there's, there's a new rumor uh, that the there's iPhone... Always a, there's always a new rumor. There's always a new rumor. <laughs> it's the most rumored iPhone of all time. Uh, an updated iPhone SE shipping this month in May, potentially, and that it is believed it will continue to have Touch ID with no headphone jack, which would be surprising to me because, again, it already has a headphone jack, like, change as little as possible, but it says no headphone jack, and it says that uh, it would have the A10 Fusion chip, which we heard before, mm-hmm. but, to my chagrin... The inclusion potentially of a glass black of a glass back to introduce wireless charging. Who would have said that? We can't say <laughs> we can't say Mike was right because it's a rumor. Mike was rumored to be right. Yeah. Yes. Um, Mike is maybe going to be right. I, that's not I, as I catchy. Stand by like, to be honest, both it's not of those as catchy. <laughs> the removal of the headphone jack and the inclusion of wireless charging makes sense to me because I every time. Apple releases a product that has stuff that doesn't exist on a previous phone or now exists on a pre- on a, like a new phone. It just seems weird, right? It's like the i you know them releasing a new product that didn't have Touch ID when Touch ID became a thing. Right, it, was it makes weird. that product feel old instantly. Exactly. So whilst I don't think that this thing will have Face ID because Face ID isn't everywhere yet, it's yeah, on just right. and one it's very product. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of hardware involved with that. That I think you can move away from that, but I really think that putting wireless charging into this and removing the headphone jack that makes a lot of sense to me sure yeah and maybe they'd release it with the air power mat maybe we'll see that someday with an se2 Man. you know one back to back press release remember when something. they introduced that 18 years ago 18 years ago last june boy but it's not late though remember oh god it's not Don't late know. get off get off the it's high, not get, late get off the because it's, only, you it's know, only 23 months uh, even off, though go. i will you know box, everyone that says this is like there was Apple put some stuff up in the ads, right? There were these ads so that said, said early like 2018. early twenty eighteen. Yeah, that thing, like, I mean, it is it's it's delayed at this point, right? Like, I know, like, oh, it's not delayed. You wouldn't announce it in September if you knew it was going to be. If May. you knew that, yeah. like, right. May passes and it still hasn't arrived because it hasn't. I, I didn't plan on talking this, but it it's not like the air power off in the distance has like killed the charging base market now like we all have wireless chargers yeah and i mean maybe someone's out there like holding off like just counting their pennies for an air power and not buying a mophie base but like the mophie stuff and all these other ones are good like i I mean we all have them right like we're all using wireless charging and mike doesn't like it but everyone else does adina has mine she uses it yeah she loves it um she did have this thing the other day though where we were in bed and she was like my phone's gonna die and i want to read on it i don't know what to do you have, you have no, to hold yeah. the wireless charger. Yeah. She, she was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I'm like, ha ha. Yeah. I just put mine in the little dock again. Well, like, yeah. Well, you use a dock, so you couldn't do it either. Like, you're holding a dock. Well, but your... I have a, a, a lightning a cable, cable plugged in for my iPad. Yeah. Just oh, like it. the really, really yeah, ridiculously long one. That oh, yeah. like huge one. I've got one running up through the couch cushions in my living room. It's it's like the best thing you can do a in a house is to have a long yes. lightning cable in a, in a sofa. Uh, so yeah, back so back to the SE two. Like I, I see what you're saying, and I think I think both of our points are valid. Just to see which way Apple goes. Yeah. Because yeah. I agree with you. If they release a phone that is aluminum backed again, so it doesn't have wireless charging, uh, it has a headphone jack when like nothing else does except you know the seven and six S that you can still buy. Like, but it's new products. It's a new product, and so it does. What a glass back and a headphone jack does is it, it makes it feel more premium and newer than it actually is. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing at all because. By all indications, the SE sold pretty well. Like, I mean, I know, you know, I think it really surprised analysts and like and people who watch this stuff. We're gonna talk more about them later. 
how well it does. Like out in the world, you see them. Yep. And especially in other markets, it does really well because it's so much cheaper. So I think it's a valuable product. I hope they, I hope they release a new one. And I mean, it'd be great. Like it'd be great if it had wireless charging and no headphone jack. Like I think about the SE in my household. My my spouse has one. And like it'd be great to have wireless charging. I could put one of those things in the kitchen or somewhere and get rid of the long lightning cable we have. You know, it's always in the way. And um, she already uses uh, Beats X, so she doesn't um, really care about the headphone jack. Like, I don't have any say against it. I just think like, that the, the uh, cost thing is an overriding factor in my mind. For me, it's it's not so much what I necessarily think they will do. It's more what I think is they should do which is the yeah. right decision i think which is to move the product forward a yes. little bit like not to make it bezel-less with face id like i still right. think it's, it's going to have touch id it's still an se right it's still that yeah. form factor more or less but, but i think that there are some steps you can take to put some new stuff into this especially if this is a product you're only going to rev every two or three years yeah. like get, get it far down it the road something every time to, yeah. for those people because it is kind of you know i've i've heard this from from some listeners especially is like we're talking more about what this year's phones will be and it's like three new phones all bigger right like they're all getting bigger like it is a shame for people that for whatever reason want the small phone or need the small phone yeah that like they just get this consistently older phone all the time and i think i think out of maybe the iphone 10 is maybe the best example but like iphone se fans are like they are fans of that phone. Yeah, I feel really like are. you've got to, if you, if you love that phone, you feel like you've got to hold yeah. on to it and love it, right? Because you never know the, what's going to happen. Yeah. The business yeah. is moving away from you. It's like the you. Mac Mini fans. They're all under their beds oh. crying. Yeah, yes, it's like a devout do. thing, right? Like, yeah. you love that. You want, because you know you're in the minority. You know you're you're bucking against the trend. Right. So, like, you feel like you've got to be very vocal I about it. I mean, there it. have been times over the, the last couple of years, especially when I carried a Plus phone, like, every once in a while I was like, I should buy an SE. Like, I don't know. It just like pop in my head sometimes. Cause like there, there's it. something, yeah. there is something kind of attractive about it, but yeah. The other thing is, look, we're halfway through the cycle, right? We're halfway through 2018 with the new phones that are, have wireless charging and don't have the headphone jack. So if the SE doesn't come out till later this year, and then we have new phones mm-hmm. in September, that thing, if it's metal backed, is just going to look older and more dated much more quickly. I think. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, Mike, you say that you're impressed with your HomePod hardware. I don't know why this is a thing all of a sudden. So just like in the last couple of weeks, I've just started to notice some stuff about the HomePod that I've been very impressed with. It still has a bunch of frustrations. Like the the HomePod misfires way more than any other device. Yes. It's like the Echo does, right? Like every now and then the Echo will just be like, what are you saying? Or like, oh, resuming Spotify. Like it will just do it. Yeah. But the HomePod does it way more, and like the reason for that is because it's not, it isn't doing any kind of like trying to detect who the voices are. You know, like very frequently, I'll be watching a YouTube video, and someone says like the Ahoy telephone phrase, and the HomePod will, will go like in a way that like I watch a bunch. So like, um, there's like a TV show that we watch where one of the characters' names is the A L E X A word. And it doesn't go off. Our, mm-hmm. our echo does not go off because I assume it's doing something to try and figure out who the voices are. But my HomePod triggers all the time. But anyway, so that's just just to say, like, yes, it does have its problems. But those microphones in that thing are incredible. So like, I've been trying. I've been like kind of testing it, like listening to loud music and just being like very quietly, just saying like, "Oh, my telephone pause," and it does it. 
Yeah. And my echo, if there is any kind of white noise, like if we have the like the extractor fan going over the the hob, that thing like you have to scream at it. But the HomePod, like it is unbelievable how well it can hear you. Yeah, it's bananas. I actually the other day I have my HomePod up in our living room on the first floor of our house, and I was working down in the basement, which is like down a set of stairs around the corner, and I was facing a wall, and I was trying to use Ahoy Telephone with my telephone. And it set off the HomePod on the first floor. I was amazed, really. I mean, so th- that is a good and bad, <laughs> yes, right? Because it's it amazing it that is. it did that. But then there is the bad, and like, yeah. it can't always take the re- like the HomePod. I think also does need to be better at like understanding yes. what requests it can take. Especially again, come back to this point because it can't do everything the phone can do. But you know, my 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 overall point is that like the hardware that hardware is incredible, and like it sounds so good. Yeah, the it, music on that thing is just amazing to me. And what I what I appreciate is that it sounds fantastic from really low volumes all the way up to loud, which is, um, you know, you can set that. I'll often, if everybody's in bed still and I'm up early in the morning, I'll set it at like 15, which is really quiet. But because it's such good, the speakers are so good, there's still a lot of definition in the music and you can hear it very well. When you're setting the volume, what are you asking for? Because I, I can't seem to give it the command it wants a lot of the time. What do you say, like 15%? I just say uh, fifteen most of the time, huh. or twenty. See, I, we struggle, like we struggle with I this. But like sometimes, like oh hey, turn the volume down, and it turns it down by like a minuscule amount, right? It's like where the echo seems to have like a scale of like one to ten. The HomePod's like one to a hundred. Yeah, and it's like asking it to just say turn it up, turn it down seems to never give it what I want. Like we have to give it like an incremental percentage, right? Yeah. And I'm never really sure. Like I'm like turn it down ten percent. Like no, I can't hear anything. Um, but right. yeah, it's like I'm, I'm not 100% sure what the phrasing is. And this is the problem with, with trying to run and maintain multiple devices that they have different vernacular that you use. And right. it can be really tricky. Like it wants, you know, the Echo wants it in this way and the mm-hmm. HomePod wants it in this way. And trying to remember which one is which yeah, can sometimes I've, be I've noticed pain. that when I talk to my Echo, I say, hey, Echo name. Like, because I'm used to saying, you know, I hey, Echo like telephone. The, hey, Better. Like it's too. Hey. I know it's the same hey. amount of syllables as what I call the echo, yeah. but it feels more awkward. Hey, Sierra. The the thing I've really noticed about the HomePod. So mine got demoted out of our kitchen. The echo is back in the kitchen. The HomePod's in my office. And two things really stand out at me. One is what you already touched on that it doesn't always do a great job. So like one thing I do very often: I have my phone in my hand. I walk in my office, and I've got a HomeKit scene set up to turn the lights on my desk and the lights on some shelving in my office. Like, I like those on when I work. And so I'll say, you know, Ahoy Telephone, uh, the, and the name of the scene is Studio On. So all you have to say is Ahoy Telephone, Studio On. And most of the time, the HomePod picks it up. But sometimes my iPhone does because it's in my hand and it, 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 the screen's on because it's been moved or something. And it would be nice to have an option, I think, to have the HomePod have a different wake word. So I can direct something just to it. The other thing, and I think I talked about this when it first came out, and it, it annoys me to this day, is that if you touch the top of it, nothing's going on. It starts playing music. Yeah, and right. I mean, you brush it, and and I don't mind that, but like put it behind a double tap or something because at least where mine is, I can come in contact with it accidentally. I would like and then, buttons. I don't know why it needs to be a touch sensitive surface when it actually doesn't do anything. Because Johnny Ive hates. I I do like the little animation that it makes, yeah. but it would be nice if it could do have that animation but have play pause physical buttons yeah. i would prefer that, that that's one thing that's really nice about the echo is that i can put my hand on it i know what it's doing yep. but mm-hmm. like or just again give me the option to disable that because i set it off 
pretty often and if you had the music playing loudly last time the music starts playing loudly and yeah. it can be surprising yeah but i will say overall like over time i am more impressed rather than less impressed because the things that i was i'm not impressed with i just don't do those on it <laughs> right like i stopped trying to do x y and z on it or like stopped getting like particularly frustrated with the thing that it does like some of the frustrations that i have of it are just they are like conceptual frustrations because they're not things I use. Like, I don't use Siri kit stuff. Mm. I never ask my iPhone, I never ask Siri to do anything anyway. So the fact that the HomePod can't do it doesn't bother me. I've started to use the Siri kit integrations for things like reminders or adding to things because my HomePod's sitting in my living room kitchen and usually when I'm in there, I'm making a meal or I'm doing something that's not sitting at a Mac or using an iOS device. So if I think of something, oftentimes I will use it for that. And it got a lot better with 11.3. Adina was telling me a story, uh, which I was very proud of her. She had like the early adopters dilemma of you're, you're in a conversation with people and it was two friends, like two work colleagues were talking about how bad the Echo is. They're like, oh, it doesn't do anything. Like, it's rubbish. All I can do is just order stuff on Amazon with it. Like, it doesn't do anything. And then Nina's like, well. She's like, I tell you what I'll do every day. I ask it for the time when I'm getting ready so I know what the time is. I ask it for the, wet, for the weather every day. Um, we turn our lights on and off with it. We order our groceries with it because it plugs into our grocery like delivery service. I will set timers for it. I do unit conversion. It's like, I'm so proud of you. Like, she's like, because she's like, no, I really, because she really loves it. Like, yeah. I'm actually thinking about getting um a spot because our echo the second generation echo mm -hmm. i think our one is broken i don't yeah. think because it very infrequently can hear me or and it very frequently fails and we have three or three echo devices in our home now and the the dot and the first gen echo have no problem but the second gen echo in the kitchen and it, we moved it to the bedroom and it's always consistently struggling. Huh. Yeah, mine doesn't do that. It sounds like you got one. I think we have a up. bum one. So, like, I've been thinking about getting, like, I've been thinking about, like, contacting Amazon and doing whatever. Like, that's on my list to do. But I've also been, like, I've seen some ads for the spot recently. And I like, like it a lot. What do you like about it? I just like the size. It's like a nice, you know, it's a nice little globe that sits on my desk. And when I'm not using it, I've still got the time with a nice wallpaper on it, and I can see headlines come through during the day and the weather. And because the time. this is what I was thinking, right? Because this is like in the morning, Adina wants to know the weather, and she wants to know the time and yeah. she's getting ready. And this would stop her from actually having to ask because it would it's be perfect present for that. on it. It's perfect for that. I'm thinking about getting one. I, 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 it looks good as like a little alarm clocky type thing. It's very much that. It's good for, I would think it'd be good for a bedside type of clock. Which is what or, we would do. Or a desk, which is what I use it for. Or even in a kitchen next to your phone or something, you know. Yeah, and and then also like, every time I think about it, I'm like, oh, but it has a camera. But then I, I have to remind myself that there are like seven cameras in our bedroom because of all of our phones and yeah. iPads. And like, it's like whatever, like it is what it is. It has a camera and I've never used it. Yeah, I mean, I'm never going to use it. Right, it's there. I mean, I suppose you I know, could put a little could piece of tape on, on it if I want to. Like, if you know, if, we had, if because we're never going to we're never going to video call anyone because I think that that's dumb with the right. echo. But <laughs> that is, it's on. It's kind of in my like to purchase list. I think like because it just looks like a nice. It just looks like a nice little product. I think. Yeah. Um. So moving on a little bit. Uh, this happened last week, but I wanted to touch on it just for a second. That Apple officially 
discontinued its airport line. This was a report from Mark Gurman back... Uh, November 2016. I don't wow. want to talk about November 2016. Yeah. But, <laughs> uh, the but, dark uh, time. The dark time. But uh, it's not a political comment. We're talking about just airports, people. Don't yes. email me. Uh, but Apple officially acknowledges some press outlets that they have discontinued the airport line. They're selling off the inventory they have. So no more Airport Express, Extreme, or Time Capsule. And uh, I got to say, I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm not surprised, right? Like, those are different feelings. But I am disappointed for a couple of reasons. One, you guys spoke about this on Upgrade. Both the Express and the Time Capsule do things that are difficult to pull off otherwise, where you have a little wireless thing and you can stream music from iTunes or from your, uh, from an iOS device to it and has an aux jack so you can plug it into your stereo system. I know several people who have used that over the years and again it's something probably like the SE that it's not a huge deal but people who like have built a system around it really care. Mm-hmm. But I think the 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 bigger disappointment is the time capsule that having a thing that was your wireless router and wireless backup uh, was great, especially you know most people have notebooks. You know we are all, I think all three of us have desktops as well. We're, those are our primary Macs, but that's different than most people. And uh, you know, just have a, a house full of laptops backing up to a thing in the closet is pretty great. You can do that still. So High Sierra introduced hmm. it basically brought Time Machine Server from macOS Server, which is also dead, to macOS client where you can plug a big drive into a Mac Mini or something. Remember when they made those? This. The further I go down, there's this a, is more, more dead, just, just bad. <laughs> more dead hardware, and you can share that disk with Time Machine users in the house. But uh, those things, I think, performed important functions in the Apple ecosystem. And most importantly, I think there were a lot of people who could understand the airport software and like how it worked because mm-hmm. it really was like a good example of like uh, you know. Apple taking something complex and making it simple enough. And you could still do like complex things on it if you wanted to. Right. But like if you just want to set up a wireless password and like have a guest access, it was really easy. And I got to know, you know, there, there are other products that do a good job of that. But if you're going to replace it with like a Netgear or a Linksys or something, those interfaces are confusing. And you can set something up wrong and not really know why. Like the airport would even t- give you warnings. Like if you set up, if you turned off DHCP or you had double NAT or something, it would tell you hey, this configuration is going to act up in this way. And yeah. it, would, it walk you through resolving it. And very few products do that. And so I just understand why this they just did it. Isn't, but this just isn't a business they should be in anymore. Like, so I, disagree. I, I think they, I think they should. Repeat. I think their customers benefit from mm. this sort of hardware being available. I, I'll repeat what I said on, on Upgrade. But if Apple want to continue in this business, they have to build a mesh product because that's where... The, yeah. the business is now right. and I just think that is a that is a distraction and a waste of time for them to do because there are good products that exist okay Eero is a sponsor like, but there are more than that you know there's there's Orbi, Orbi yeah. and uh, Google Wi-Fi and stuff yeah. like they these products all exist I just think that it considering everything else Apple has to do considering how much we complain about all of the things they're not focusing on don't put focus into this as well Right, like, you know, just in talking about that, you were talking about your frustrations about the Mac Mini. The Mac Mini is more important to have engineers on it than is. to spend any it time is, building a mesh but, Wi-Fi product. But, A, those aren't the same engineering teams. No, but, like, you know, uh, j- just to put any resources and focus on something. Yeah, but, I mean, this this is a conversation we don't have to have today. But, like, again, it's stupid that Apple can't walk and chew, chew gum at the same time. 
Well, like, yeah, but you, we know they can't. So, like, I feel like it's it's at this point it it, it feels almost we, pointless to me to say like, oh, but they should be able to because we have to like yeah. just accept at this point that they are a company who has right. the 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 capacity for only limited focus. Yeah, right. and, and and in that world where that is true, and I don't think that's changing anytime soon, then you're right that they should focus on things that are more important. Uh, an interesting side effect of this is all these other companies you mentioned. They have a bunch of Apple people in them, mm-hmm. and it's showing in their products mm-hmm. and the way they're laid out. So one thing this has, do- has done, starting two years ago, whenever that announcement came out, is that these other products have gotten better, but, you know, people, you know, A, this is something people don't buy very often. And so, you know, by the time your time capsule dies in two years, maybe there'll be something out there. Like, mm-hmm. what this does do, I think, it shows, like, Eero or Linksys or whoever, like, build a product that duplicates these things, because clearly... There was a market for it because Apple well, was like in a this business. Product. Yeah, because Apple yeah. was in this business for over a decade, and like the time capsule in particular, like so many people use that thing, and you know now it's you can do it, but you got to be a lot nerdier to do it. Yeah, I think it's worth pointing out too, though, that you can transition away from the Apple products to something else and still use them kind of in a mixed environment. Yeah. Because I last summer set up an Orbi network at my house and I still have a time capsule hanging off of it and an airport express, which is using the, you know, doing the, uh, the music yeah. for our, for our back patio. So I've got those integrated into that Orbi system and it works just fine. Now those, since Apple's not making those products anymore, eventually those will die, but they've there, I've had those each, I think two or three years so i'm hoping i'll get at least another year or two out of them Mm -hmm. yeah i have some important news oh okay i have bought the first piece of my gaming pc what did you buy a gpu i bought a motherboard motherboard um so a friend of mine uh an amazing youtuber austin evans has been helping me with some parts um, because he he did a he did a video youtube video like a couple of weeks ago about uh, building a streaming PC, and I'm like Austin, like this is, it's like you made this video for me. It's exactly what I want, but I didn't like the case because the case was way too gaming PC yeah, for I me. I watched that video. That case was insane. Yeah. Um, so I asked him for some suggestion, some suggestions of some other like cases, and so he's made some suggestions. And I was looking through the parts, and one of the like the motherboard is backordered, so I decided to order that. Oh, okay, and that's going to be coming from the U.S. Like, and it arrives sometime in mid-May, and that, and then I'm, when I get back, I'm going to start slowly assembling all of the other pieces that I need. I'm going with um, the AMD Ryzen line, okay, uh, because it seems like it's really powerful stuff. That's what we did when we built one around Christmas. And you're happy time. with it? Yeah, very happy okay. with it. But I, it, I'll tell you, it was frustrating building that thing. Why? Uh, it just didn't work. When we put it together, we, yeah, ended, up, I'm we ended up hiring a lot of that. We ended up uh, hiring someone to figure out what we didn't get right because it, it just wouldn't work. YouTube videos, they they, keep, they auto play. Uh, yeah, I I am expecting to have lots of problems. Yeah, but it's a good PC now yeah. that it actually works. I'm expecting to get very frustrated with it, and I'm going to watch lots of YouTube videos and read loads of articles. But I do really just I want to build it. I want to build it because I think it'll be fun. Um, I've never done that kind of thing before, so that's what I want to do. And it's what you got to do if you want to play some of those games that you want to play, like PUBG and Fortnite. Uh-oh. Yeah, I mean, you can. I could buy. I could buy an Alienware, right? And it would get me there. But, right. And then I could also upgrade it. But I want to actually just see if I'm able to piece it. And I'm sure I'm going to break something really expensive. But like, <laughs> hey ho, you live and learn. Yeah, yeah I've. Uh, I don't really have a need for a PC, but. Like every six months, I'm like, I just want to build one. Yeah. Like I have those skills. And mm-hmm. I haven't used them in a long time. But uh, 
I think you're going to be happy with that. It seems like AMD is doing a really good job. They just revved all those processors yep. like two right. weeks ago. And I mean, the Ryzen stuff is really, at certain price points, very competitive with Intel. And that's exciting because that was not the case for a really long time. <laughs> no, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a go. This, I reckon before WWDC, I will have done it. Yeah. Right. That's the plan. Are you going nice. to do, do a video? Are you going to show, show it off once it's done? Maybe. I'd like to see it. Yeah, maybe. Probably. Probably do something. Well, that's exciting, man. I know you talked about that a long time. I'm glad you're doing it. I'm fine. It's because I have started doing more streaming. I mean, the Mac's dead, so you might as well build a PC. I right? what everybody on Twitter I'm transitioning into Windows and Android. Okay. Start looking for the GPU now, because with the with the Bitcoin miners, the prices on those things are really high sometimes. Yeah, that's probably going to be the next thing that I buy, will be the GPU, yeah. and then to slowly buy everything else. I'll start, start, yeah, start carving out an, an organ now. I'm going to get one of those crazy, like... Uh, razor keyboards with all the LEDs in it though are you you're really? gonna cripple your hands oh, right, because the your thing hands are done <laughs> yeah. the thing is because well, I'm not gonna play on keyboard and mouse the listeners in what do you type on right now uh, the Microsoft Sculpt oh, yeah, I'm sure keyboard. mechanical LED but the thing is like it will purely be for just for decoration and launching games because I'm gonna buy an Xbox controller like sure. I am not a keyboard and mouse game player like that is not Yeah, I don't know how I just don't have those skills right but I just I want to buy some stuff which is dumb gaming PC stuff mm-hmm. yeah. like the fan that I'm buying has an LED in it like which, <laughs> I, you gonna, know, I, was gonna I say want to like, have some little hints of yeah. it you know but I was not, say not how, too much. how LED you're gonna get I want it so when that the Razer one they do like a rainbow one yeah. I want to get that yeah. one let's watch that strange glow coming from Mike's house Did you see <laughs> it's, it's his PC yeah it's a, you know the episode of Seinfeld where the chicken place opens across the street and Kramer opens his door yep, and the red and like, light yeah, that's what's gonna be like outside Mike's <laughs> door like you open up it's just rainbow light streaming into the hallway. Uh, we've been talking for 37 minutes that have not moved any real topics yet. We've been just done many topics. You want to tell us about our next sponsor? FreshBooks, if you are uh, running your own company, if you have a small business, you know how important it is to make smart decisions. There is no smarter decision than using FreshBooks. They can save you so much time, so much hassle, so much aggravation when it comes to getting paid, tracking your time, tracking your expenses. FreshBooks can do all of it. They simplify all of these tasks for you and they drastically reduce the amount of time that it will take for you to deal with your paperwork. And they do this for their over 10 million customers. I can't speak highly enough about FreshBooks. It is one of my very, very favorite things that I use. Um, I use FreshBooks weekly. So does Stephen. We're both always sending invoices and expenses and all that kind of stuff. I love you know these things i talk about them every single time but it's because they're so useful having the ability to be able to actually see if someone has received looked at and done anything with your invoice it just saves so much aggravation you don't have to be sending those emails where you're like hey just want to check if you got this like that no one ever wants no one wants to receive those emails no one wants to send those emails just being able to keep on track like to be able to keep track of it and to keep on top of everything it just saves so much hassle from being able to run your business on a day-to-day basis if you ever send invoices to people no matter how many you send and you haven't tried out fresh books yet you really really should and it's easy to do they offer a 30-day free trial so all you need to do is go to freshbooks.com connected and you can sign up you don't need to put any credit card information in you can just go in and try it out for yourself for 30 days and then when you do decide to sign up because you will because it's awesome when they say how did you hear about us tell them that you heard about them from this show and that will help support us as well our thanks to FreshBooks for their continued support of this show and Relay FM. So yesterday on May 1st, Apple had its Q2 earnings report come out. And spoiler alert, guys, they're still in business. Really? I know. I really Whoa, thought... Hang on a second. 
really thought no they were way. It is wasn't didn't Wire just do like that prey cover? Wasn't that just like yeah. just a couple of weeks ago or something? So I'm gonna blast through some numbers real quick and we can see what's interesting they were talking about. Sixty one point one billion dollars in revenue. It's a record for Q two, up from fifty two point nine a year ago. Nine point one nine billion dollars in services, up from seven billion. Uh, that just keeps on keeps on going. And it's only going to keep on going. Yeah, because it's Apple Music, it's iCloud storage. It will be stuff. Apple Television. Eventually. Yep, it'll be video soon. Yep. Like this is this is the thing for multiple reasons. One, because it's money from your existing customers, mm-hmm. and it's monthly recurring money from your existing customers. So it only in theory ever goes up, right? Because it just keeps going, and you add more people, and it just keeps going up. Um, and also, they Apple are putting so much focus into it because it's the only part of their business right now and for the foreseeable future that will see increased right. huge growth. They can't double the number of iPhones sold, but they could no. double their service. And they revenue. will. And they will continue to do that for, for some time, I think. Um, other products. So this includes Apple Watch, HomePod, iPod Socks, mm-hmm. all that all stuff. All those well uh, $3.5 up from two point eight. That's not the highest it's ever been, but you know the Apple Watch always does really well for the holidays. But clearly, those products are selling well. It is um, worth noting HomePod was not mentioned in but any they don't, way. But they don't mention the Apple no, Watch. But like, so it's not surprising. They didn't even mention that like that HomePod's doing really good. Yeah, because it's not. They just didn't <laughs> yeah, talk they, about they, it. They really didn't say anything. That's right. Yeah. Like this is something that I read in uh, in, J- in Jason's MacWorld article. He was like, you would expect them to at least say something like, "We're really pleased with how HomePod has been selling." Like they'll always throw something in for a new product. They didn't even say. They said nothing. Yeah, because they say like, uh, you know, the a- Apple the Apple Watch is selling at twice the rate it yeah, used to one like, time. This is Bezos the biggest charted. quarter of all time for it. Or like, you know, any you know, they're like, oh, we, we haven't even been able to keep them from flying off the shelves or whatever, but yeah. no, nothing about the HomePod. Yeah, that, Which that, doesn't mean it's a disaster, but it is notable that a, it wasn't called out in any way. Yeah. Um, 9.1 million iPads sold up from 8.9. That's with no new... Uh, the only new thing is that 9.7, and that was pretty late very in the quarter. Late. Yeah, very late. So, you know iPad Pros and stuff have been the same for a while. It's pretty still, good. I'm just continuing to be very pleased about this. The um, turnaround has happened. Four, Macs were basically flat. They were down a little bit, 4.1 million to 4.2, with no new products since uh, last year. So, right? Doesn't make yeah, any sense. Right. So, um, but the big number, of course, is the number of iPhones. And again, there was some discussion about the iPhone 10 not selling as well. Uh, 52.2 million iPhones sold in the quarter, up from 50.8. Um, with it's uh, Tim Cook said on the call that the iPhone 10 is the best-selling phone right now and has been every week since it debuted. And this is even a statement going back. Do you remember last quarter there was that report that the eight or maybe even like the seven was like the best-selling phone, mm-hmm. right? The new phones right. weren't. That's Apple continuing to address that narrative. Um, it is worth noticing that the ASP, so the average selling price of the phone, slipped a little bit. So it may be. I was talking to Jason about this last night. Uh, his idea, and I think it's probably accurate, is that the iPhone 10 had a lot of pent-up demand, right? Because all the nerds wanted it. That, that's a very large user base of people who always want the newest thing. And those people, paying with a broad stroke, buy early, right? And so the iPhone 10 had a really big, you know, out of the gate, and they've ramped up production. Now they're slowing that down a little bit, which is where that report comes from. So it may be that the 8 and 8 Plus and the 10 are sort of balancing out somehow the 10 is still the best-selling phone right. but maybe that gap is a little smaller different mix basically but it's still good news for the iphone 10 and it's apple like addressing that 
head on that the tent is still selling better than anything else. And like, I don't know. I want to, before we get back into this, I was just curious about the two of you, like out in the world, like I feel like I see a lot of iPhone tents. I see a ton of eights. Like I think a lot of people went from like the six or six S to the eight. I think the eights are doing I think very it's well. Hard for me. I mean, I don't see eights. I mean, I don't know if I'm seeing eights. That's true. It is right? hard to tell. Because people put yeah. them in cases, so it's hard to see. And they look the same. But I see a lot of tens in London. Like, it is a... And a lot of my friends have them. Like, I feel like... For, this is inc- obviously incredibly anecdotal. But more people in my life bought the ten than they would have bought an eight. In this, like in the sense, like going back previous years, it feels like a lot of people that I know upgraded. Like a right. lot of people upgraded to that phone in a way that they may not have necessarily upgraded in previous years. I feel like initially I didn't see a lot of tens. I knew a lot of people who had them. It'd be you know people like you guys had the ten. But when I was out on the street, I didn't see a lot of them initially. But I've seen a lot more in the last quarter or so. I mean, and again, very anecdotal. But I feel like we had that bump of the early adopters, and then. You know, they started to catch on as people started getting familiar with what it does and what, and, and starting to upgrade their phones around the holiday quarter and so forth. Super off, to- off topic, but I love my iPhone 10 so much. Oh, I do too. The battery is so good. It's so good. Yeah. I landed in Austin with 55% battery life. That's pretty crazy. You were on How? the flight forever. It's a 10-hour flight. I was traveling in the morning and doing everything and doing all the stuff that you do when you travel. Instagram stories mostly. Instagram stories. And then I, I had it like on airplane mode or when I was flying and I landed with 55% battery yeah. life. It's really good. And um, I've been happy with the hardware. It's been funny to compare because we're just, they're a bunch of nerds together this week and like everyone's iPhone 10 is all scratched up. You can tell who doesn't use a case. Mostly me. Me. Um, and you see how they age, and it's interesting to see it. Like, I don't see many of uh, the black ones. Like, I feel like the silver... The brown one. Yeah, I don't like the, I don't like the back. I don't like the black. Um, it look, it's really strange in certain it's lights. It's not saturated enough for me. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's because yeah. I, had, I had the matte black iPhone 7 Plus, which is still my favorite iPhone finish to date. Like, I love the way that phone looked. But um, the iPhone 10 is still doing well, and I think that's... Uh, I think Apple really wants to drive that home, that this isn't... A mistake you know and we talked about it when the iPhone 10 was first announced about part of it feels like what is the ceiling for an iPhone price point and maybe the 10 is it I think it probably is and it's not man you don't you think it go higher well you, well the plus one will be more expensive it will it'll probably be like 13 1400 dollars and but like here's the thing right so there's this whole I'm very confused about a lot of the uh, analyst reporting at the moment because and all analysts seem really set on specific things. And then Apple is saying, no, it's not the case when it comes to the results. Right. And, I, and I, I can't get my head around who is right and who is wrong. Like, I'm, I'm really struggling with this because all analysts in the last quarter and this quarter leading up to it are like, the iPhone 10 is not selling. It's not selling well. Uh, it's selling worse than other phones. And then Apple are like, nope, it's the best one. Uh, it's the, and they said like they've never had the most expensive phone be the top seller before and it is and they're selling more of them and then analysts are saying that the next quarter is going to be bad but then Apple forecasted year on year revenue growth like they forecasted 51 to 53 and a half billion in revenue Q3 2017 uh, was 52.9 so it you know it might be a little bit under it might be higher like it, you know they they're, they're gonna they're gonna keep it is gonna keep growing basically right. Yeah, I think part of that is the fact that these small tidbits of information come out from the supply chain, like the fact that component 
orders were down. And suddenly, component orders being down it aren't necessarily something that's typical in the business. It becomes a much more a bigger story. It gets overblown very easily by a lot of the analysts, and that becomes mm-hmm. becomes the narrative until we get to the point where Apple can correct yeah. the narrative. I well, misspoke there quickly. I don't want to correct myself. Uh, Q3 guidance is 51 to 53 billion q3 2017 was 45 so it's significantly more yeah they they aim low because if you miss that then you're yeah but it's it's still like a significantly it's a significant increase 45 to 51 right like it's big in that quarter which is a kind of weird quarter right because this is it right like the 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 analysts are saying going into this there were these reports of oh the 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 iphone's selling really bad leading up to june yeah but how can it be it can't be right no, it can't if the be. unit sales are still up maybe not massive but still up and they're still forecasting because they can only grow in revenue if the iphone's selling well because mm-hmm. that's what drives the revenue so like it what it just feels like is for some reason everyone wants it to fail and that they find any news and they say oh that must be it because you said there's these component reports right and and luca addressed it he's like yes we've We've like basically done some stuff with some inventory, but it's going to come out in the wash. Right. And it's just so interesting to me right now that there is all this reporting again about the fact that the iPhone 10 is doing really badly. And then Apple keeps saying, well, you're like, LOL, you were wrong. <laughs> right. And, and it's, it's just, I'm, I'm really struggling to kind of understand why it's happening. Like, why are people looking for this? Well, and I don't want to get off on the crazy train of what this conversation could go, but there's very little punishment or risk for an analyst being wrong about this sort of thing, really. But if, but if they right. get it right, then they're rock stars. And yeah. so if you break the story that the iPhone 10 is, is going to be selling behind the 8, and then Apple confirms that, then you're an analyst god. But if you're wrong about it, people forget. And and it's, it's, it's a more exciting story to write. I mean, look, because you can look at the reports of components being, like, orders going down, and it's very easy to draw that line to, like, well, they must not be selling as many iPhones. But they seem to be so sure of it, right? Like, oh, no, it's this is definitely it. We've done all of our surveys from something, and no one's buying it. And it's just, it seems so... It just seems so interesting and weird to me. Like, th- th- this stuff seems to have really kicked up a notch since the iPhone 10 came out. That, like, everybody... And I guess maybe it's because there just isn't precedent mm-hmm. for this. So, like, analysts are assuming, based upon trends in the past, that it cannot succeed because this has never happened before. Yeah, and I think they look at it from the standpoint of the iPhone 10 was a risky move, right? I mean, it was a it's a fundamental design change in the iPhone, which an is an expensive fundamental design change for Exactly. For so, if you're kind of ballparking that and trying to figure it out what's going to happen as an analyst, you it probably the safe bet is that it might do more not do quite as well as it did in the past, especially once you start seeing these kind of reports. Maybe that's where it's coming from. Yeah, I mean, it's not like they're fabricating what's coming out of the supply no. chain. Part of it is that they have limited knowledge and right. they have, you know, the the point of view their information gives them. And so, like, I wouldn't want that job because I'm sure it's very difficult, but that's, like, that's part of this deal. Or, like, if you, if you have just two two lines, you don't have a full picture. Now, on the other side of it, Tim Cook and Luca, like, they all have to tell the truth. Like, legally, they have to tell the truth on these calls. But... 
You can they, massage. If the they truth. don't talk about the HomePod, then maybe no one will ask about it, uh, right? Yeah. So, Selective about it. Um, now, the iPhone 10 selling more. They say that I believe it because, again, legally, they have to tell the truth. But there's always like that friction, right, between people who want a story to be one way and want it to be another way, and um, it's just you know it's always interesting to see that battle. But yeah, great results again. You know, the only the only weird part in the results right now is Max. But mm-hmm. I mean. Guess the assumption is that will just level off over time again, but it is weird that for the last few quarters the Macs have been declining. Like that, it seems like where iPads are now going up, Macs are now going down. These are not related, but it is you know there's just been a shift where now the Macs are just declining ever so slightly, um, year year over year at the moment. Yeah, I mean I think a lot of that has to do with the state of the hardware. Yeah, but, you know it's, that's definitely it, right? But it, it you know it is it is interesting to see that it has been stable for so long, and now there's some slight slippage in it. But yeah, I think if they, um, I think if they work out the notebooks, then I think that'll be it'll yeah. Be that's over. what people want, right? People yeah, people want new notebooks, and if they can if they can work that sure. out, then then I'm sure it will, it will level. Um, so yeah, like you said, it's a good quarter. Uh, I think I at least, you know, coming into it, definitely thought or bought in that maybe this is the yeah, one. Yeah, it's going to be bad. It's like maybe bad. this conversation is going to go different on Connected this mm-hmm. week. But um, they're clearly doing well. Like, part of me, too, like, I always struggle with this because I just don't care that much about it. Like, I'd much rather talk I, about... I do, but in not... I mean, I find it very interesting. I want to talk about it this week, but after that, like, whatever. Yeah, I find the the units. The units is always what interests me. Same. Like what is selling, you know, what is not selling, where are the changes? Because for me, you know, all of this stuff, it could, it shows trends and those trends can either inform Apple's thinking going forward or the trends are informed by what they're doing. And so like when you look at the fact that there are less Macs sold or more iPads sold, you're like, okay, well, we can see why because right now they are putting more effort into the iPad right. hardware than they are the Mac hardware. Imagine if they can and do it shows. Yeah, yeah, but right. like, so that's why I like the earnings stuff because I like to, I like to see that what we're expecting will happen yeah. comes out in what's actually being sold because so much time is spent going like with our opinions on what people in the real world are doing right sure you know right. like oh you know the average person the average consumer they're doing this they're doing that and this is where you see that because right. you know th- those ipads were not all sold to tech nerds because no. that's is too many sold so it's like okay so what's happening why is it that's, yeah. that's why i Pe- find this people stuff are finally finding a reason to upgrade or people and, and like i know why people like they see the like oh we're going to talk about results and they roll their eyes and think it's boring but and a bunch of people skip this chapter but, yeah, their eyes blaze <laughs> over and i get it because it's a lot of numbers and it's a lot of like pie in the sky but I do find something interesting in what the trends can tell us. Yeah. Okay. This episode is also brought to you by StoryWorth, the easiest way to share your family stories. StoryWorth makes it easy and enjoyable for your loved ones to share their life stories with weekly emailed story prompts and questions that you might not think to ask. Then at the end of the year, they'll get their stories bound into a beautiful hardcover book. It is sleek with a black and white interior, color cover, and up to 480 pages. This means that you and your loved ones can preserve the memories and even pass this book on to future generations. Here's how StoryWorth works. You buy a subscription for someone important to you, and every week they will send an email with a question about, some, like, prompting someone to talk about their life. Then, 
uh, your the individual that's signed up for StoryWorth or that you've purchased it for can email back with their story, with their thoughts or the things that they care about. Or they can even record it over the phone, which is kind of cool. And I guess for people of different ages, this could be a great thing. And after a year, their stories are bound into a beautiful book to be kept and passed on. StoryWorth is a great way to learn more about someone. The questions are designed to evoke entertaining, surprising, and moving responses. And StoryWorth is also a great, great way of staying in touch with family members who maybe live a little further away than you'd like. With StoryWorth, you can write stories and upload photos by email, on the web, or in their app. You can share the stories of as many people as you want. You just invite those individuals by email. You can save and edit everything on StoryWorth.com, and all of your data is secure. Everything is private by default, and you get to control who sees the stories. Now, Stephen, I believe that you've been going through this with someone in your life, right? I have. So I set this up uh, with my dad. So he's getting the emails, and they're asking him questions. And it's really interesting. Uh, like I learned uh, there was a question about his first job and how he worked at this hardware store. And he and I talked about that in person and like kind of talking about him growing up. And I learned that his childhood home like burned down. I had no, I had no one was hurt or anything uh, and it had to be rebuilt. But it's like, I read this because you, you see it's the like, answers, right? Dad, didn't you think to mention this yeah. at some point? <laughs> like, oh, right. I had no idea. And so it's really, uh, it's really cool to be learning more about him because it's sometimes it can be hard to talk about this stuff where you just don't think about it. I would never have thought to ask my dad about his first job, mm-hmm. but people at StoryWorth did. And now I know he worked at this hardware store as a teenager. It's pretty cool. If you're looking for a meaningful or maybe even a last-minute Mother's Day gift, StoryWorth is perfect for someone that you care about, so now's the time to place your order. Listeners of this show can get $20 off their subscription by going to storyworth.com slash connected. That's $20 off when you visit storyworth.com slash connected. That's S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash connected. StoryWorth, a new way to bring the family together. Thank you to StoryWorth for their support of this show. I have some breaking news. Okay. Breaking new sound effect. When you said earlier that you were thinking about a sound effect, was that your sound effect? It's not the what one I was you expecting. Just did? No, <laughs> but I'm just going to leave it in. There's a there's a report by Barclays analyst Blaine mm. Curtis. Mm-hmm. This is you guys sitting down. I can see you. You're sitting down. We are. The 2018 iPhones may not include the lightning to headphone adapter in the box. Get oh, out of town. Oh no. Get out of town. I don't know. Does anybody care? Not really. I can't find mine in my house when I look for it. Anyway, I was coming on, the, coming on this trip <laughs> yeah. and I was hunting around. Got to keep one it. of those in your backpack. It was funny, like traveling here with a few friends, and they both had like their nice headphones with this little white thing just dangling off the mm-hmm. end. Right. You just got to glue that thing on, man. Just glue it on, or like put some tape around it. Those things should be permanent. But anyway, yeah, of course it won't. You've got to stop it at some point. Like I, you know, like what does it reasonable. matter? It doesn't matter anymore. They're still going to sell in the Apple Store for nine bucks. Yeah, you know they're going to sell that forever. They still sell the FaceTime app in the Mac App Store. Tim Cook can't, can't stop selling anything, except airports, I guess. Okay, they sell the FaceTime app. Yeah, I didn't for know like, that either. It's still in the Mac App Store for like Snow Leopard users. You get a Super Drive. I think that's the probably the so, oldest accessory available. Yeah, because that own, came that came out in two thousand eight. I own a Super Drive. So do, do I. I use every it. now and then. I like, use it. I say every now and then. One time I needed to burn a CD. <laughs> one time. I actually have two. I have one because our Mac Mini is our entertainment s- system. And like when you have kids, sometimes you watch DVDs. And so sure. we, we use it pretty often. And then I have one in the office because then you got to burn CDs or, or make disc images of Mac OS 9 installers. You guys do that, As right? you do, yeah. You guys do that. Okay. Uh, so we're going to round out this week talking about marzipan? Question mark. So this is uh, an article uh, over on Daring Fireball. Uh, where Gruber talks about this rumored project again from German, 
uh, this idea that Apple is going to have some sort of way to bridge the gap between AppKit and UIKit for developers. And the idea was, and he says this, which I think is a really good point because I think I've been guilty of this, that when a rumor is fuzzy, you can just attach your dreams to it. It's like, oh, uh, you know, John, you write an iOS app called Blink, which is awesome. Right. Thank you. I use it often, uh, make affiliate links. And you could, with Marzipan, just magically hit a button and you have a Mac app pooped out the other end, right? Like, that's what people have glommed onto this. It's really that easy, yes. It's just a button. Uh, so he talks about that, but he John seems to think a couple of things. Um, one, that it is uh, not its actual name. <laughs> he seems to maybe know the name or maybe know that Marzipan was an old name or something and it's not what's being used. But that's not important. No, it's just interesting. Right, but like no it's one... Because it's not going to... You know, Apple's not going to stand on stage and be like, welcome Marzipan. Like, it's not... You sure, know. I just find those little details... Sure. Uh, um, but then he says that uh, he, he believes that this is going to be what is called a declarative control API. Oh. And I don't know what that means. <laughs> and John, you're a developer. Yeah. So, uh, could you take a swing at it at least? I'll take a swing at it. And I think, unfortunately, this is just as fuzzy a concept in some ways as Marzipan was when it was first rumored. Because I think there's still a lot of people can interpret for themselves exactly what that means and can still attach a lot of their own hopes and dreams to it. But... I think what John was getting at is that it's a little bit like HTML because that's the example that he used. And what it would allow people to do, allow the developers to, on a higher, more abstract level, design the UIs for both Mac and iOS apps. So instead of having to learn two slightly different ways to go about creating buttons and windows and, and radio boxes and, and you know all those kind of things, tab controllers, yeah. you could just write them in kind of a simple language. Like with HTML, you just put tags and say, here's a paragraph. And then the browser renders it the way the browser knows how to render it. Exactly. And that's how this would work. So it would be a, a simplified, high, higher level, unified UI kind of right. thing. Right. So you would say like put a button here and then the it, you know it, it would use whatever the ui kit would be on either so it would show a button like how a button looks on ios or a button like how a button looks like on the mac yeah as opposed to saying okay i want this button at this coordinate with these dimensions and this color and this t- you know this title on it all all those kind of details you do that twice right you do it once for ios one for them like that's how you would do it now you would write both things independently right but with this thing, you just say, like, I want a button here, and it will put a button there. I think so. I think that's what he's getting at. Okay. But this is obviously very tricky. It is. And I, I think what he part of what I think John is getting at is that this is not going to be... This is going to be a stage thing. I think we've, you guys have talked about this before and connected. This is probably the first step towards a longer-term project of of modernizing the two platforms. Uh, and this is a way, it seems to make life easier for developers to actually do the UI part because you know it's already possible to use a lot of um, unified code across different apps whether it's iOS or Mac you know our, we we were I was talking to James Thompson last night and a lot of pcalc's guts the actual calculations that code is the same on iOS and the Mac but he has to go, jump through a lot of hoops in order to create the UI for the Mac versus iOS right. those are both very different for him and that's where a lot of his work ends up being and making mm. it you know take time well, that's why he doesn't co- that's why those two things don't get updated at the same time because he works on one right. and then he moves to the other well that and an AR kit game that's insane yeah there's that yeah i mean i, I see the benefit in that right that um Higher level gives them the ability to like still play to app kits and UI kit strengths in other areas. 
and you can just learn this other thing that sort of rides on top of it. Um, but like all of this is what it is, like implementation is whatever. But wh- the most important detail, I think, the most interesting detail of uh, John Gruber's article is that he says this will not be WWDC 2018. Right. This is WWDC 2019. Yeah. For iOS fifth, for uh, Mac OS 10.15, and what he says in a footnote, and I just love the style, a redesigned iOS 13. Yes. <laughs> you know the new user interface. So. Uh, yeah, so that lends us to the question of like, what's at WDC this year? Because it's going to be the Mac. It's not going to be the Mac Pro. Nope. It'll be the Mac Mini. <laughs> it's a, an hour of Mac Mini <laughs> but, up, updates. So if we set, let's say, let's take this as red now. Let's assume that that John Gruber knows what he's talking about, right? I, I think, think he has a pretty good track record. Um, and because we, he was tweeting about this, and we were talking about it, and I was like, and we, I was, I said to you guys. I won't take this as him really believing it until he writes an article on Daring Fireball, and then a couple of days later he did. Right. So, like, if he puts it on there, like, he believes it. It's not just, like, talking about things that he thinks are going to happen on Twitter, which is, like, a whole different thing when just chatting with people. But, like, him writing something on his website is like, okay, like, he knows the impact that's going to have when he writes that. Like, yeah. everyone's going to take that as true. So he's going to be pretty sure of his sources at this point. Right. Um, so all of the other rumors that we've seen which, again, we will just assume them to be true for the time being, suggest that iOS 12... 12? 12. 12. 12. Is going to be pretty chill. 11.5. So we are all thinking, oh, well, it makes perfect sense that you would debut Marzipan because iOS and macOS are not going to get a lot this year. So what are they going to do then? What's the developer story? You get a snow leopard. You get a snow leopard. You get a snow leopard. But, like... That's fine. I was expecting y'all to laugh at that. Okay, yeah. sorry. Laugh track. <laughs> but like, that's fine from a user perspective, right? To be like that right. this is a maintenance release. But it's not. A, but a what are you telling APIs. your developers? Well, uh, I mean, I think there's still room for uh, other things. So if you don't right. have Marzipan and you don't have exciting new Mac professional hardware, um, even if iOS 12 and Mac OS 10.14 are are smaller things, I think there's still room for improvements to things like ARK, which I just don't care about. Like those like AR, we didn't even talk about Like I just don't care. Um, I think there's room for some stuff like on the iCloud cloud kit, like cloud JS stuff that they've started introducing. Like it's been a while since we've heard anything new about that. Like there could be stuff there. Um, I think one thing Apple could do easily, I think they should do is, uh, speak some more to uh, to user privacy and how to do things like Marco just did this with Overcast 4.2, whatever yep. the new version of Overcast is, about having uh, basically token accounts so you're not using your email address. Like right. Apple could give developers more, more tools in those areas that still counts as a quiet. I'm not saying they're going to do it. Like I have no basis for this. It's just been on my mind with GDPR and all this stuff that maybe it's an opportunity for Apple to like standardize some of that stuff for its developers like if you want to go this way um if you want to do more stuff like if a user's log into iCloud and we kind of handle all that for you like mm-hmm. there's always room for that sort of stuff so i think there could still be a developer story there's got to be because that's what the d and wbdc stands for maybe maybe um maybe a focus on the apple watch yeah like, I, I think that's that possible that watch could os be, give like, some love it, it could be what people want right like what if kill watch kit start what over? if they introduce apps for the apple tv that would be crazy. Can you imagine if there was, if there was an app store that anybody cared about on an Apple TV? That'd be amazing. I right? think, guys, I think the future of TV is apps. <laughs> I think I it feel is. Confident, yeah. I don't feel confident about that. 
I think it's important, though, to keep in mind that when you go to WWC, the keynote and the developer story are very different, right? I mean, the keynote is really for the whole world, and it's right. for consumers. And what I think we'll see for, de- for developers this year are those, th- those words we always see in the cloud that everybody always tries to screenshot and see all the little things, because those are the quality of life type features that make life sure. easier for developers. So that will still exist. Um, I'm still perplexed, though, about what the real story is gonna be, both for end users, as well but as like, just kind of the big is, picture. I think at this point, Apple's responsibility to help developers make their apps better and so by announcing new features every year it gives developers something to sell to their customers and if they don't have new features that that can be taken advantage of by apps then are they apple holding up their end of the bargain i mean i don't think they're obligated to do that every year in big sweeping ways i mean if if they if they did wbc and it's save it if it's just core os stuff right like photosyncing does something like it's you know consumer stuff um I don't know if that's necessarily like the worst thing in the world from a developer's yeah, I'm, perspective. I'm not, my expectation level is now set to 2016. Pretty low. Which was yeah. stickers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> stickers and no, Apple. We got Stipper iMessage effects. And, uh, but yeah. like that, it was like yeah. the focus is there's some iMessage stuff. Yeah. Like literally the iPad was literally not mentioned and it was it was yeah, very I don't, I don't expect much understated. iPad stuff. Very understated. Are you expecting Eddie to dance on stage again? And what if they Maybe. redesigned Apple Music again? <laughs> they probably will. I mean, that was that that wasn't sixteen, though, wasn't was it? it? I thought it was sixteen. I think well, it was seventeen. I, I think know. that was fifteen. I think it was fifteen. Oh, it was 15 and they yeah, read yeah. it in sixteen, and everyone was calmer because they realized. Right, the right, was right. Well, right. and also they had uh, Bazomas. No, wait, Bazomas St. John. Is that yeah. is that her name? Yeah, they had her come on stage and do a much She's better job in sixteen. She's at Uber now. Yeah. Crazy. Okay, so uh, yes, we'll see. I think we can all agree it'll be a quieter year, but we just have a few weeks left. I'm a few weeks, yes. About a few weeks at this point. Uh, I think that does it for mm-hmm. this time. John, thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, John, where can people find you on the internet? They can find me at maxstories.net, and I do a podcast with Federico called App Stories. If you don't listen to App Stories, it's very good. So you guys just dive into the world of apps, the place, the place where Max Stories lives. Exactly. It's really good. Uh, I enjoy listening. Um, if you want to find show notes this week, you can head over to the website relay.fm slash connected slash 191. Scoop website. I got the number right this week. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. It's, it's, I'm really improving as a host. Uh, you can get in touch with us there as well. There's an email link, or you can find us on Twitter. Mike is at I-M-Y-K-E. And Mike is the host of a bunch of great shows on relay.fm. Uh, go to the website. If you like Connected, I promise you'll find something else that you will enjoy. You can find me on Twitter is ISMH, uh, and I write 512pixels.net. Um, and until next time, guys, say goodbye. You're first, John. Bye. Cheerio. Adios. <laughs>